First and Now is the official VC Lions podcast. Pleasure to be back, Matt Baker, along with Nick Kowalski. Remote today in the office. I'm in Wally Buono's old office, so I feel the greatness just wafting over me right now. A few others have been in this office, but Wally's office is uh, what it's known by. Nick in the important boardroom there. Nikki, how are you? Doing good. We hit March, so that, that this means uh, one month closer to May, which is the, that's the month I got circled because that's when we do boots on the ground. I know fans do. Is it June yet? But for me, it's is it May yet? If you survive the latest snowmageddon, how'd you do? Um, yeah, maybe this might be the prairie guide me saying this, but it was not bad at all. Do you agree? I agree. Uh, it's I, I'm it's at the point now where. I like to admire it and look at it, and I don't have to drive in it or or be outside. I actually, I went outside for a stroll on Monday morning, and it's pretty slippery in some spots. But yeah, I think, I mean, we don't deal with it nearly as much as you used to as a a full-fledged Winnipegger. You still have some uh, Winnipeg blood in you, Nick. You're never going to lose that, but I'm kind of used to it by now. Yeah, I'm over it, and I'm I'm ready for I like going for walks in it, too. Yeah, it's nice to uh, it's nice to enjoy it if you don't have to be stuck in traffic. So, I think you're right. There's something to that. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't that? It seems like it's already kind of melting already, right? Even from yesterday. Well, it's always worse out here. Like it's in Surrey. Maybe it's where we are. There's like a snowbank of some kind. So the practice field behind me, out the window, for those watching, I'm not going to show you, but it's uh. Still quite deep. But anyway, the worst is over. You mentioned it. March 1st, slowly, slowly, just about, uh, well, two and a half months, I guess. May 10th, we'll be making the trek up to Kamloops for three weeks at camp. And for those who have listened and and our subscribers, uh, last week we did the deep dive on the offense. Now we're going to take a look at the defense. A very exciting addition since our last recording as it pertains to the defense. But, um... We're going to do it a little differently. We have to sort of continue a little bit with the offense because, Nick, another thing that went down after our last episode, and this, for me anyway, completely out of nowhere, was told about it Thursday morning. We announced it, I think, about 3.30 local time. Uh, Dane Evans added to the quarterback room conditional fourth-round pick going the other way. As far as the status quo goes, I mean, Vernon Adams Jr. will be the guy. He will be the starter. Rick Campbell made that clear right away, but um, all of a sudden, when you're talking about depth, particularly veteran experience, great move for the BC Lions getting Dean in here, a guy who's won a lot of football games the last couple of years. Yeah, my my first thought is I love it, and I love how also Rick Campbell came out and said that Vernon Adams Jr. is still our guy because um, as Coach Campbell has said before that it's a league where you do need two quarterbacks to win, um, oftentimes I find that it's the, it's the healthiest when you do have one quarterback that you state is your guy, whether, and the, where the second quarterback come in is whether there's an injury, whether you need a spark, but if you're flip-flopping all the time, that's typically not the healthiest thing to do. So I like what I obviously like the acquisition of Dane Evans, like you said, winning quarterback, um, someone who started the last two of the last three great cups. Um, so yeah, he's got a high ceiling too. And now that this quarterback room has Dane Evans, Vernon Adams Jr., and Dominique Davis, it's looking like maybe the best in the league from top to bottom in terms of their overall three guys that are going to be 
um, hopefully hitting the field this this summer. Yeah, and I was joking with Dean, and you, you can check out his media availability at our website, bclions.com. Um, some interesting games with the Tiger Cats dating back. 2018, a couple blowout losses, a terrible loss in the playoffs. Uh, he was the backup. He wasn't starting then, but uh, 2019 went into Tim Horton's field, and basically the difference, it was two long tie cat returns Frankie Williams one of which he took to the house another took him close set him up for a touchdown uh the craziness that was the 2019 season um 12 minutes the Lions possessed the ball in the third quarter alone 12 minutes and lost the game so Dane Evans had a bit of a chuckle you and I were just randomly reminiscing about that game a couple days before the trade as well Nick funny how things work out but yeah, this is a guy, uh, he had a good team around him. I mean, you said it best. I think Brandon Banks, that 2019 season, was like a cheat code. He was the MOP, 15-3 and three team, but uh, ultimately run into a hot Winnipeg team in the Grey Cup, didn't finish the job, but went back there in 2021. Uh, of course, uh, he got injured early, just uh, had nine pass attempts, completing four of them before another loss to the Bombers, and Jeremiah Masoli took over, but Talking to this guy, Nick, you've seen the comments, you've seen the, the, the video clips. He's very excited to be here, and that's what you like to see. Yeah, motivation is definitely not lacking with Dane Evans. I think he's publicly put that out there, that um, he, he ultimately feels like he didn't have the best 2022 season, and the team uh, decided to move on and go get Bo Levi Mitchell instead of him, so that has left him very motivated, and... um motivated Dan Evans can be a scary thing for this league. Uh, wh whether how much he sees the field is still to be seen. Um, but if he's pushing Vernon Adams Jr. every single day in practice and in camp, uh, only really good things can come of that. Um, another To steal another thing Coach Campbell often says that if you have tough decisions to make of who to start on your roster uh, throughout several positions, it's a good problem to have. Uh, that means you're doing something good. So um, yeah, quarterbacks is now another spot to watch uh, come trading camp. Yep, and uh, the money clip for me was Dane saying he wants to win a Grey Cup, and if he does it while he's holding an iPad, you don't say holding a clipboard anymore. It's all iPads now. Remember that for your football lingo. If he does it on the sidelines, he's still contributing in a lot of ways. Uh, the quarterback room has to work together, even the guys that aren't taking the snaps in live game action, but he says he's here to help no matter what role that entails. So welcome to the den, Dane Evans. Uh, speaking of big additions, again, uh, Saturday morning, I'm just watching a little TV, uh, you know, doing some chores because I want to watch the Canucks and the Bruins uh, later. And I know you went to that game in your, your Bruins merchandise. That's another story for another day. But uh, Rick Campbell calls me. And like, usually when Coach Rick's calling on Saturday, something's going down, and hopefully it's good. And this was great. We're about to sign Sean Lemon, get it ready. So, uh, Lemon, very interesting case here, Nick. Um, pretty much a career year. I mean, if you prorate the shortened year in 2021, maybe that was his best year. But this is a guy with Calgary the last two years. Last season, uh, the CFL's finalist for most outstanding defensive player. Again, one of those reasons going into that Western semifinal against the Stamps, Nick, where it's, okay, the line of scrimmage is going to be huge. 
There's no Joel Figueroa. He's injured. Can they contain Sean Lemon? And they did pretty well. But this is a guy hanging out there on the market. Maybe it's a product of the money teams had to spend. But I'm jacked for this, Nick. Lemon drops. Third stint in orange. Yeah, that that was a huge move. And like you said, it just came, came on the weekend and it was a very exciting news to get. Um, he's 34 years old right now, but he's been on pretty much on a sack a game pace since 2016. Um, and yeah, like you said, been with the Lions before, um, had a 10 sack season in 2018 with BC. Um, and the reigning uh, West Division most outstanding defensive player. So anytime you can add someone like that to your D line, um, that is familiar with this team too in this organization. Um, that this is going to be huge come come during the season. It, it just adds to that pass rush that was already above average last season. And um, now you got you got Sean Lemon, you got the Canadians and David Menard and Matthew Betts on the other side, and Sione Tuahema in a second season. It's just, it's exciting to just think about those pass rushers on the edges. Yes, and. Um... He's a guy who's great for great in the community. He's one of the great characters in this league. The all-time he's the active leader in quarterback sacks with 92. That's official as of now because Charleston Hughes is not signed. I'm not sure if he's retired or if he's going to retire. It's one of those like I like to look in the record book and okay, uh, Charleston's got like 123, but he's not currently on a roster. So um, experience. Winning pedigree, all-star, mentioned the award finalist, uh, Grey Cup champion with the Stamps, his first in there in 2014, won another one with the Argos against Calgary. Remember that crazy Toronto-Calgary Grey Cup game in the snow in Ottawa? The Lemonator was a big part of that. Uh, He's going to wear number 40 with the Lions, Nick, and this is a first opportunity to really go through some of the number changes. There's going to be more, but Lemon is number 40. He wore nine in his previous times here. Nine one one. him and Odell Willis, the two bookends, they called themselves Team Nine One One. Get it? They love the number nicknames here, hey? You had Team 100 with Solly and um, Adam right. back in the day as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, very, um, very clever indeed. And uh, those two were... There were like two peas in a pod, those two, still talking about Lemon and Willis. But yeah, who can forget Team 100? The, the, probably the best example of of a number nickname, uh, Solomon Elamimi and Adam Big Hill um, doing uh, some great things for this franchise for a number of years at linebacker. But Lemon to wear number 40. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr., speaking at QB1, he's going from number 8 to 3. He's going to swap with Dom Davis. So Dom Davis is going to wear eight. That might take a little getting used to. But VA, I think, wore three in Montreal and Saskatchewan. Is that right, Nick? And I think in Hamilton, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was with Dane Evans in Hamilton in training camp. That was when they tried making him a receiver, right? So. Yeah, and Johnny Madzell was there, too, I believe, right? That's correct. What a what a quarterback so v- room! Yeah, indeed. There's some got to be some stories about the, those meetings. But so VA is three, Davis is eight. Uh, Josh Woods, speaking of linebackers, he was three previously. He's going to be number two. Um, Riley Pickett, another one of those Canadian D linemen, will switch to number forty-five. 
Um, Dane Evans will be number 17. So it's going to take some getting used to when you're scanning the roster and, and seeing these jersey numbers. But that's what we have uh, to report on the jersey front right now. He's going to have to change his Twitter handle now, right? He's at Vernon Adams Jr. 8. I'm guessing he won't change it because he'll lose his blue check. So I'm sure he's smart enough to know that. Is he? Yeah, he is. We, he doesn't have a blue check on Twitter, actually. So he can he can go with changer right now. You know what? Maybe maybe that's because he cha- he was big play VA on there. Maybe he lost it when he switched it. Interesting. So it's Instagram blue checks that the kids care about now, anyways, right? Yeah, with everything going on on Twitter, I'd say that's an accurate <laughs> yeah thing. You know what? Ver- Vernon doesn't care about blue checks. He he cares about winning. So, and that's what we love about QB1. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, there will be some cool Vernon Adams Jr. content we're excited to talk about and announce in the next few weeks. Not yet today. Still working out some logistics. But if you're a fan of Arrow Up, you will love it. Uh, before we get uh, to the deep dive into the defense talk about the positions like we did with the offense. Uh, We'll talk about some ratio implications, some exciting possibilities with this new naturalized Canadian. Uh, Quickly going to go inside the den. Uh, Nick, uh, I feel like a new man. I'm not sitting in it now. As mentioned, I'm in Wally Buono's old shrine, but I have a new office. Uh, Some juggling, giving my old office to Ryan Phillips as they juggle some stuff with football ops, but so I'm kind of more toward the middle of the hallway, still in an office, but it's a little getting used to for me because I'm in a high traffic area. Kind of a shock to the system. You know where I'm getting at? Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not, I don't have to go to that left side anymore now, too, because you were kind of sitting next to the coaches in, a, in your own in your own room. I was I next to the offensive room, yes. Yeah. Yeah, fun story about this too. Actually, when when we used to record your your game day trailers last season in that office room, I what a handful of times you'd hear Kelly Bates after <laughs> comment on them saying, "Fabulous, Matt, great job." <laughs> yeah, I would get kind of the mock Bronx cheer and the Bronx clap from from Bates and Tucker and those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to go back to the hallway and do those just for old times' sake. You're right. Yeah, get them to, to cheer you on. But the funny thing too about your office is you have you have this massive TV in there right now. I don't know if it's still in there as of right now, but it, it was it looked like a monitor, but it's like a thirty inch T at least a thirty inch TV, right? And it was right in front of your face. So I think you're you're moving that, right? Yeah, I um I've since moved it back to the uh to the R what do you call it? It's like a shelf I have, a credenza in the corner. So the problem there is now there's some wiring issues. It's not as easy. I might have to get like uh, the TELUS guys to come in and, and help with some wiring. But yeah, you're right. I, I was going to need glasses by training camp if I if I kept the TV right on the corner of my desk. So, um, you know, because I like to have it on. I like to watch Donnie and Dolly, um, other media friends of ours. Uh, lots of Lions content on there during the season, but... Um, I like Don and Rick very much, but it's not worth losing my eyesight over being up close. But very quickly, um, were you a Seinfeld guy, Nick? You're kind of young, but... 
This is probably going to hurt some people's feelings, but I've never seen it. Okay. Well, that's fine. You were, you're pretty much born by the time the show was ending, but this might not register with you, but it might register with a lot of our listeners. So there's an episode where George Costanza, you have an idea about the characters at least? Yes. Anyway, yeah. So there's an episode where George doesn't like people bothering him in his office. So he always pretends to be annoyed every time someone comes by. It's just like, oh, if if you if you act like you're annoyed, people will think you're too busy. They won't talk to you. So not going to mention any names. A couple people have come by just to sort of take it all in and, and look at the new setup and, you know, have the AirPods in and they'll pretend to be typing. You know, got to go Costanza a little more because, again, I'm in a high traffic area. Oh, love it. Good times. Uh, what about you inside the den? Um, you have some arrow up stuff that we're both kind of planning, but uh, what are some of the fans going to see in some of these early episodes? Yeah. yeah, well, we've we've had the privilege of having several guys who are here on a daily basis, but also players have been coming in and out to flying in and out uh, to the facility to to train in the off season, uh, gain some chemistry to camaraderie is a big word that's being thrown around. So. Um, it was funny. Unfortunately, with licensed music rights, we cannot showcase all the music it was playing. But we had Lucky Whitehead uh, come come down to to Surrey, British Columbia, the other weekend. I think he played the entire. It was funny. It was pretty much my job was just to film the entire workout and then get some commentary from him as he was going on. But he, to no surprise, he played pretty much the entire Beautiful Mind album by Rod Wave, which is a a team favorite uh, that we've, I think we've uh, put out there. And then he also got you, I put this on my Instagram story and I got a, I got some feedback uh, from some of our trainers were commenting on it, but he was playing, he, he had some country going too toward the end of the workout. And I, I know the song um, that I put in my story was the get up by, uh, by block by Blanco Brown. So uh, lucky whitehead's music was pretty diverse when he came in. Yeah, Rod Wave is the staple. We've we've broken it all down, and uh, and yes, uh, we are pleased to say once again, uh, currently recording and planning season two of Arrow Up. Uh, once again, it's going to chronicle a change at quarterback, just like last year's premiere did. We've talked a little bit about VA, uh, some cool stuff planning with him. Uh, before we know it, we'll be into the draft inside the war room. So, you want the behind the scenes access? You're going to get it if you're a fan of BC Lions content. Uh, before we shift gears and dive deep into the defense, uh, the BC Lions once again pleased to offer group ticket options for the 2023 season. Uh, game days for groups of any size, they're great. Gather up your best friends, teammates, family, clients, co-workers, head to BC Place, cheer on your Lions, and you'll be ready for an unforgettable night of fun and football. Um, in order to qualify for these group prices, uh, you'll have to have a group of 10 or more. But check out some of these benefits. Nick, if you get 25 to 50 of your closest buddies, you get a group welcome on the board. Scoreboard. You get a group of up to 50 to 75. You get a pair of complimentary club tickets to a future game. 100 friends, Nick, if you can gather them up. Pre-game sideline experience for group leaders, guests. You can high-five Lucky Whitehead. He likes to interact with the fans. Um, to speak to someone about purchasing group tickets or any ticket package, uh, head to BC, head, head to bclions.com, email fanservices at bclions.com or call 604-589-ROAR, 
604-589-7627 to use specific digits. We'll dive deep into the defense and much more on First and Now coming up. First and Now is the official BC Lions podcast, uh, broadcasting from the remote GoGoat Sports Studios, if you will. We'll aim to be back at the Wall Center next week. Matt Baker alongside Nick Kowalski. And we did it last week with the offense, and we're going to do it this week with the defense. Only makes sense, right? We've talked a lot about uh, the additions at quarterback and uh, what it means now with Dan Evans backing up VA. And so three experienced guys at the top of the depth chart. But defense is going to be some exciting developments uh, as well. I mean, Nick, remember, starting with the defensive line, this was a unit that was third in the league with 45 sacks, got better and better as the season went on. Um, You know, there's lots to be excited here, whether you're talking about the bookends or the interior, a nose tackle like Josh Banks is back. Uh, there's some young Canadians, Nathan Cherry, Josh Archibald, uh, some some year two guys looking to see how much they improve. A lot to like here. Uh, where do you want to start with this defensive line? I think I think the the area to start would be at that rush end spot in that um, David Menard and Matthew Betts, two Canadians, both hailing from Quebec are both back for year two in this stint with the Lions because as David Menard was drafted with the Lions in the in years past. But um, they, they had they had both excellent seasons rushing the quarterback. They they combined for 16 sacks last season. They pretty much rotated in and out. Um, that was the thing with John Bowman's unit too last season is they would dress seven to eight of them a game and they would, they would rotate in and, ro- and rotate out and keep fresh ultimately, right? Um, but to have those two guys... On one side, rushing the quarterback, and then on the other side, we, we mentioned Sean Lemon could fit in there. Um, it's exciting that this unit is deep, and I, like most of these guys are returning um, after a pretty pretty dang good year uh, as a group last season. Yeah, uh, the playoff win against Calgary, Menard and Betts, uh, two of the more productive guys on all of the defense. Remember, they kept Calgary out of the end zone until garbage time, so... Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, talking about tackles in Nathan Cherry, but another speaking of the Canadian contingent staying at the at the rush end, guys like Riley Pickett. We talked about a number change with him. Uh, Adam Wallace uh, was a draft pick out of the University of Ottawa that went back for his final year of eligibility, and. Again, this is an area where you're seeing the benefits of drafting well and developing Canadian players. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And then even you could take that a step further and say the global player, Thibaut Dubaye. He had, he had an unbelievable season last year, given the role he had. Uh, multiple sacks, 20 tackles on the year. Um, and it was really well liked in that group too as a, as a high motor on the field. And um, he's a guy who also usually fills in for Josh Banks. In that spot, so they they keep each other fresh by by rotating in and out, and um, it's it's been well documented that Josh Banks is one of the most underrated players in this league. Doesn't really st- show up on the stat sheet a lot, but makes his presence felt game in game out. So those two guys in the middle there, uh, Nathan Cherry again, hopefully he can uh, keep progressing as he's 
year two now in the CFL. So it, it's going to be an exciting group to watch. Stopping the run, uh, a major weakness, and that's where the likes of Banks, Dubai, uh, Woody Barron going to get a full year. He's going to be there from day one of camp. That's going to be beneficial. He was a welcomed addition when he was healthy. Um, Stove Richards, I don't know, we get asked about Stove every week, it seems. Uh, David, one of our uh, our loyal fans on Twitter, uh, in the mailbag, get a quick mailbag in here now. He's asking, what about Stove? Uh, not going to be likely. Um, still technically on the roster, having signed a two-year deal, but coming off a second Achilles injury in a matter of months, that's not going to be easy to overcome. It uh, really all depends with the medical, so... We'll see how the medical goes, but um, I think internally planning on a stove not ever suiting up, which which is unfortunate, but we've talked about it. From a position of depth, it's about as good as it's ever been. And, and last one on the defensive line for me, again, um, you look at the recent Grey Cup champions, uh, 2011, the most recent going on 12 years. Uh, defensive line, studs, Brent Johnson, Karan Williams on the ends. Uh, inside, uh, you had some disruptors like Eric Taylor and, and Kareem Smith. So those are the type of pieces you have to win with, Nikki. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And uh, the last note for me is a guy we really haven't brought up yet on the D-line, but Sione Tuihema. Um, right. If you want to maybe, if you want if you want a little nugget here, if, you, if you're talking to your friends that maybe don't know uh, every CFL player, tell him that Sione Tuihema is watching eye or keep an eye out for him to break out this season because he had eight sacks last season just in his rookie year, and I think he's a perfect candidate now, especially um, with Boom Guachem uh, not being re-signed as, uh, as of right now. Uh, that spot is really Sione Tuihema's now full-time, and I think he's only going to get better in his second season up in Canada. Yep, very well said. Um, you know, and Sione wouldn't battled injuries too he, he was fighting some stuff at the end uh, both him and watch him were banged up and they had to pick one or the other for ratio purposes in the playoffs and ultimately it was uh Sione. um speaking of veterans this defensive bat group um, gary peters marcus sales tj lee uh all back in orange uh, sales was already signed uh, peters and lee had to be signed before free agency um, we've had Manny Dugamba on this podcast. Strong, uh, the nickel position, we, we consider those defensive backs, right? On the roster, they are on the sure. chart. I mean, whatever you want to slice. So we'll, we'll include them in the defensive backs because there's a lot of linebackers to be excited about uh, in just a couple of minutes. But um, veterans, leaders, guys who are hungry to win, in the case of Marcus Sales, guys who have won, uh, Gary Peters as well, uh, was in Edmonton, I believe, in 2015. May have gotten there after. But anyway, he's he's won some playoff games, uh, has that experience under his belt. And a solid mixture here as well. Uh, Adrian Green, Quincy Moje, um, You know, someone in that discussion is going to get a chance for more reps with Luches Purifoy not being here anymore. But um, very exciting to be talking about the potential in the defensive backs. Exactly, yeah. The 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 veteran presence that's in this unit is very exciting. Um, Gary Peters and Marcus Sales are both coming off All Star nominations too. Uh, they have great chemistry on the on the left side that they were playing last season. As um, throughout most of the season, Ryan Phillips he elected to pretty much play his defensive backs rather than a boundary and field setup, but on a left side right side setup. And talking to a guy like Gary Peters, he says that just. 
you you know your footing better you you know your reads better um you know exactly where your halfback's going to be uh, all the time on the same side of the field so they i think they benefited from that chemistry last season um and then the other side it's it's, it's it was TJ Lee at at the halfback spot and then there's going to be another exciting training camp battle shaping up right now with with Jalen Edwards Cooper and then the free agent signing Mike Jones so um they'll they'll be on the cornerback spot for, uh, for training camp and that's that's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on too. Yeah, many battles to be excited about uh, in camp and majority of these guys signed talking about those veterans Lee Peters signed for 2 years. Uh, Marcus Sales one year left on his deal. He initially signed a 3-year deal in 2021. Rare these days. So um, yeah, these guys, uh, they're working out together, at least TJ and Marcus in the facility more often than not. Uh, Manny Rugamba, it's the great thing about this league, Nick, uh, guys from the States, in his case, Chicago, making Vancouver the lower mainland near year-round homes. Good group of guys training. Linebackers, skip them over. Linebackers play in the middle, but we're going to do them last here. That's just the way we operate sometimes, Nick. Abola Combo, another one of those two-year deals, uh, going to get even more playing time with Jordan Williams' move to Toronto. We've talked about Canadian depth. Uh, ben Halatic, a UBC player drafted in 2021, earning a start in the middle. That's why you had last year, more often than not, Bowen Jordan switching out reps, starting reps at the will spot. Um, Isaiah Messam is, is another one of those Canadians back, a good special teamer, but can play defensive reps. So you have a global Maxime Roy. We're just naming guys who we're familiar with. Uh, there, there's going to be some other names coming to camp, but um, what do you make of these linebackers, Nick? Uh, the first thought is great Canadians. Um, Halatic and Lacombo both are projected to be starters. Um, a linebacker and both are Canadian so that just helps out the ratio immensely and then even like you said behind them there's there's Messam there's Josh or there's Jordan Herman Reed as another Canadian that's behind them so you have not only do you have Canadian starters at the spot but you have Canadian backups and and the backups will play pretty much all phases on special teams so um, pretty much everybody in this unit right now is going to be a contributor um, in some facet of the game. Yep, uh, you know, going to be counting on those defensive linemen to do all the disrupting they can, and and these units working in cohesion will be a big part of uh, the defense. I know, uh, you know, last year kind of the offense overshadowed a lot of it. Why not, right? <laughs> Half a season and, and Nathan Rourke doing what he was doing, three 1,000-yards receivers. But, uh, you know, this defense should take another positive step We've talked about Sean Lemon coming in and a lot of these uh, younger players having more experience under their belt this time around. Um, want to quickly touch on the ratio. Uh, I actually hadn't thought much about this since the announcement because it wasn't coming in until this year, but um, the nationalized American rule defined as a player who has spent a minimum of three years with the same team or five years in the CFL in general. Uh, two of these quote-unquote nationalized Americans can substitute for a national, otherwise known as a Canadian starter, for up to 49% of the snaps in the game. The two players, though, cannot play on the same side of the ball. 
offense and defense, Nick, there's a ton of players eligible for this new wrinkle in the ratio. Um, going to take some getting used to, but it's pretty exciting as well. And it rewards players for staying in the league. And especially too, um, the number of Canadian starters is changing this season. It's going from seven to eight. But the good thing is with the, the veteran guys we have on this roster is that the eighth starter can be a nationalized American. And there's a lot of players on our team that qualify for this this season. And just to name them off, um, Keon Hatcher, Dominique Grimes, Lucky Whitehead, I'd receiver, but then also Kent Perkins qualifies, Jarrell Broxton does, Phil Norman does. And then on defense, you have Gary Peters, TJ Lee, Marcus Sales, Jalen Edwards-Cooper, Woody Barron, Josh Banks, Sean Lemon, and Mike Jones. Um, so congratulations. Uh, you guys all qualified to be Canadians um, this season. So that, that's that's exciting for them, and I'm sure I'm sure they feel like Canadians now, being up in Canada for um, over three years now, and some of these guys like TJ coming in on seven, eight years up in Canada. So yeah, it's exciting uh, to to see this this roster change implemented this season. It is, and so we should initiate these guys. These guys should all have to sing "Old Canada." In I, I know Josh Pearson uh, did it before. Um, so we should initiate these guys somehow. Hey, what do you think? I'm all for it too. They got, they got a, I know a guy like Dominic Grimes is a guy who he's not afraid to strap on the hockey skates uh, from time to time. So he, I think he's already accepting his and shovel snow too. Right. So I think he's already um accepting his, the Canadian uh, Niss and him. Yeah. You had him and uh, Jacob Scarfone doing some hockey Canadian activities for a cool TSN feature that ran last year. And, um, and again, yeah, it's what's special about the league. Uh, a lot of these guys come up here and they become adopted Canadians. Many guys come up here, you know, like Dominique Rhymes, uh, they get involved, uh, you know, romantically, he's going to marry uh, a girl from Ottawa. He's living in Canada full time and, and they become full fledged Canadian residents. One of the great things, uh, about the Canadian football league. So yeah, that's going to be, again, that's going to take some getting used to, but. Uh, we rattled off the names there of guys who are eligible for this new rule in the ratio, and um, that'll cause uh, make for much more debate on uh, certain aspects of the roster and the depth chart for sure. Um, so, yeah, great to be diving deep into the defense. We'll have to get Ryan Phillips on again one of these days soon, perhaps before camp, and see how he uh, sees things shaking out with his a defensive unit, but uh, quickly uh, before we get out of here, um, you you saw a milestone on Saturday. You were in attendance for the Canucks and the Bruins game, and, and you saw a goalie goal. What was that like to look at live? It was incredible. <laughs> it, the the maybe the cool thing about it is that they were Canucks fans around us all in sections, and there were a couple of kids, a couple of teenagers that they were freaking out. When like the goal happened, they were yelling. They were yelling. Um, the, the arena was pretty loud when that happened, just because of the historic element to it. With I think Ulmark was the eighth goalie ever to score on his own shot in NHL history, so that was a pretty unbelievable way for the game to end. And um, it was an exciting game. I find that I'm sure you know this. Anytime Boston comes to town, um, the atmosphere, especially on a Saturday afternoon, the atmosphere is a little has a little oomph to it. So it, it was it was a fun game to attend, and especially with that, that goalie goal happening. Yeah, really, still the original six. I mean, the Maple Leafs will be here on Saturday, I think, another 4 o'clock start. 
And, you know, given the way the two team seasons are going, Canucks and Toronto, I, I would bet there's more Leaf fans in there than Canuck fans on Saturday uh, for a variety of reasons. You and I uh, and Stephen Chang are going to go to the game Monday against Nashville next week. I don't think there will be a whole lot of Predator jerseys other than yourself, of course. You being uh, the ultimate troll since you moved here. You're wearing 49ers stuff in Seattle, which is great, by the way, and, and you're doing that. But still fun to go to games, though, is it not? No matter how bad the Canucks are. Yeah, I, I, I've made a good effort to go to as many as possible. So I'm excited to go again on Monday. Um, I, I think I, I know I, I have a yellow Predators jersey, but I'm not sure if I have any other yellow items of clothing. I think I might have like a like a mer- or a navy shirt. So you might blind in with Canucks fans. Do you have a player on the back of that jersey? Not Bill Forsberg, the one and only. <laughs> I was gonna guess David Legwand or someone, Jordan Tutu, <laughs> someone like that. I d- I do have a Pecorine, uh, but I-, I left that at home. Hey, uh, you being the Predator guy, uh, what do you make of the news? David Poyle's finally going to retire, but Barry Trotz is going to replace him as GM. Did you see that coming? I did not see that coming at all. I don't. I don't think anybody did. But yeah, Barry Trotz coming in as a general manager. He's someone who's very familiar with the organization, having coached there for uh, I think it was nearly two decades. Start there, and he was the first coach in franchise history too. Um, and Poyle is definitely leaving uh, Barry Trotz with um, quite quite the quite the resources when it comes to draft picks. They they got a haul over the weekend. They got five picks for Tanner Janot. They got more for Matthias yeah. Holm and Nino Niederreiter. So um, yeah, the the kids the kids are playing now too, which is exciting to see in Nashville. So we'll see a lot of youngsters playing on Monday. But um, yeah, they're they're definitely in a. They said the reset is the word they're using, not rebuild. They're resetting their team. So see what happens. Yeah, you think of Barry Trotz as a coach, and it was kind of surprising. He supposedly turned down the Winnipeg Jets in the offseason. You're thinking, why would his home province, Canadian market? But maybe this was kind of in the works for a long time. Kind of makes sense. So, yes, uh, always good to talk, uh, branch out, talk other sports, baseball, spring training in full swing. Uh, we'll look forward to getting down to a couple Mariners games this year, perhaps. Exciting time of year, but of course the main event in these parts. Uh, two and a half months out until the start of CFL training camps. Kamloops, we're coming, baby. And um, we're excited on these deep dives with offense and defense. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave a review on your favorite platform. We'll be back next week with a guest. We've had a couple of weeks of you and I just talking, which is fun too, Nick, but... Uh, we'll look forward to be ba- being back inside the Wall Center at Google Sports Studio next week. Enjoy it, Nick. It's been a good week. Until next time. <laughs>